Yo, everybody, welcome. Fastest 40, episode two, season two. Trey and I, we're going to get after it today. Got him right by my side as always. What's going on, Trey? What's going on, everybody? I'm so glad we're back. I'm so glad we got a week of football. Two weeks of football for college football, one week for NFL. Yep. Let's get back after it. It feels so good. Let's get hype. 40, get hype. 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, all right, all right. It's time to get those pregame stretches in. Those are brought to you as always by CS Designs. Our boy Corey Sanders put out a heater graphic for us today. I guess by the time you hear this episode, it'll be yesterday. Um, but make sure you check that out at CS Designs Official on IG, or you can check his website out, www.coreysandersdesigns.com. He offers a full-service creative company that can bring you videography services, photography services, graphic design, web design, and so much more. This guy's going to take everything that you want and need for your brand and present it to your target audience the way that you need it needs to be seen. So, Give him a look. Give him some props on our most recent post on IG. Guy deserves it. He's a grinder. Much appreciated, Corey. <clears throat> so, first pregame stretch. Let's jump right into it. Let's recap Thursday night football's matchup. Now, that was between the Giants and Washington, Danny Dimes, Chase Young, Taylor Heineke, you know, the big names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, we get sort of a disappointing matchup on Thursday night football. It's like a lower tier divisional matchup or two dumpster fire teams sort of going at it in a Thursday night primetime toilet bowl. Right. <laughs> this week we got a matchup that I kind of expected to have that same tendency, but sometimes those games can surprise you. I mean, right. and it certainly did this past Thursday. Right. Yeah, these two teams, I mean, Washington and New York, uh, Giants that is, you know, they're not teams that you want to seek out and go watch their games, but end-all, be-all, they're still professional teams, and it's divisional games. So, divisional games, you know, if you have a shitty division, you get two shitty teams together, they're still <laughs> going to compete, right? Right. <laughs> a lot on the line, too, for those guys, you know. <clears throat> you don't want to be known as the team that sits in the basement year right. in and year out, and these two teams have a tendency for that, especially being in what it most recently has been the worst division in football, at least right. the last three years. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, we saw a good competition last night, obviously with the score being 30-29 to 29 with right. Washington winning. You know, that's, a, that's obviously a close competition. Uh, Heineke gets his first win as a starter. The last game he started was against Tom Brady, so, I mean, we, we <laughs> yeah. knew he wasn't going to get that one, even though it was a pretty close game, it's right? It was damn close. I, I mean, know. he made it interesting up until the last minute, right. you know? Yeah, so that was a good one. But, you know, Danny Dimes, uh, he's not hot in the primetime. He's 0-6 mm. in primetime. Not I a good look. I know Hudson brought up last week, earlier this week, that he is 4-0 against Washington, it is now 4-1. and one. <laughs> and, uh, Hudson Had to was, end soon. Yeah, Hudson was pretty uh, pretty set on on sticking with the Giants for this win, which you can't blame him, but um, he, he couldn't make it happen. So, 
hey, man, <clears throat> the odds were in Washington's favor with that stat coming out, 4-0. and It was bound to happen eventually. Danny Dimes really isn't the guy for New York. I mean, everyone's hoping for sort of a bounce back. It's kind of a, a prove-it year for him, to be honest with you. At least that's how I see it. I feel like that's probably how a lot of Giants fans see it. Yeah. Those fans up in New York – they're brutal. They'll tell you how it is, and they'll tell you how they feel. Right. Um, and I haven't seen anything too crazy, you know, supportive about Danny Dimes up to this point. Now, his teammates have his back. Yeah. So that's nice. You know, yeah, they, I mean, that's a big they give him that vote of confidence. On top of Danny Dimes, someone that you're expecting to, to continue his success after a couple of injury-riddled seasons is Saquon Barkley now. Right. He didn't do anything spectacular outside of his 141-yard run, which was vintage Saquon Barkley, you know what right. I mean? Like patience, waiting for his blocking to develop, hits the gaps when he needs to, bursts of speed in open space. I mean, the guy did what he was supposed to do, but only for one play. Right. Every other play. At one point, I checked the stat line, and he had 54. It was something like 55 yards rushing on 13 carries. One of those carries was for 41 yards. Right, right, right. So, I mean, he doesn't bust that off. He sticks to the average on the other 13 carries, and you're looking at a very pedestrian, if not well below average, performance. Agreed. And and to that credit, he didn't get a lot of the touches or a lot of the snaps that maybe that person should be getting. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's only week two. And you, you mentioned that that 41-yard run looked like old Saquon, right? Yeah. So I think it's just a matter of fact of getting him worked back into the system, getting right. him worked back into whatever snap count that is, how many carries are we going to give this guy, get him comfortable. Because he didn't play – I mean, what did he play? Just like a half a game? Or did he play a couple games <clears throat> last year? You know, he played like one and a half. He got yeah, hurt week two. Right. Yeah, I mean, you either know. or, you know, whatever it may be. He didn't get playing time for shit last year. Right. So, um, there's a there's – a, a period of getting back in the groove. And obviously we didn't see that with Christian McCaffrey, you know, but I mean, not every player is just going to snap back like Adrian Peterson. Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's a special breed of player, you know, something else that can no longer be denied. Terry McLaurin is never again to be disrespected by anybody. Right. The guy showed out with Taylor Heineke. He's going to, it's his 10th game where he's had back to back, New quarterbacks. Yeah. So seven a quarterback, quarterback change. It's the 10th time that's happened yeah. to him. And the guy gets his no matter what. Right, yeah. And I want to publicly apologize to Taylor <laughs> or Terry McLaurin because I featured him on my sit article because of Taylor Heineke. So, this I mean, week? this is a this week. So, it's a partial apology to Heineke as well. Um, Why don't you throw a plug in on those articles real quick? Dan? Yeah, it's uh, it's through Border Fuel. I've been writing for those guys uh, for a couple of weeks now, and um, it's been a phenomenal experience. You know, check them out on Twitter at Border Fuel HQ or uh, BorderFuel.com, and you can always go to the About Us tab and check out your boy and see all the articles I put on there. But I'll be dropping weekly stardoms and sitems, and make sure you check those out for the most part. <laughs> I'm not too far off, um, but that Terry McLaurin one got me, of course, and um, you know I just want to apologize to that guy because he fucking killed it. No, nothing, no bones about it. Yeah. <laughs> Something I do want to highlight, however, is 
you know, Washington's defense, they may not be as impressive as we thought they were going to be this year. Now, Agreed, yeah. I don't want to take away from their defensive line because it features four first-round draft picks. Um, what's his name? Deron Payne. We've got Montez Sweat, Chase Young, of course, and then um, I believe Jonathan Allen is the other defensive tackle. Those guys are beasts, and it's not the front seven's fault for this take on their defense. It's really the secondary that I have questions about because they're allowing these guys to torch them. <laughs> I mean, Darius Slayton had a deep touch, deep touchdown one, and then he had should have had a second one that he dropped. So, I mean, you just can't allow these receivers to break your defense like that. Right. I, I personally think it may be too early week two to, to make that call. Um, looking at their schedule now, they got Bills next week. Tough matchup. Yep. Josh Allen could win the MVP, right? Uh, after that, they play in the Falcons, which could explode at any point, right? And right. Drop, drop 35 on you or could score three on you. Um, and then after that, you're going – you're gonna you're gonna play New Orleans Saints. So there's it's a three tough stretch. pretty yeah, that's a tough stretch. Agreed. So I mean, after that, I think I'm gonna make a solid assumption, and then they play us, <laughs> and oh, then they man. play Green Bay. So uh, <laughs> wow, yeah. they are gonna be tested this yeah, year. Yeah, and then two weeks after that, they play uh, Tampa Bay. So yeah, they got a tough schedule. Would you look at that? Yeah, I didn't even realize how tough that slate is. I mean, yeah. how do you? How do you compete with that? I mean, yeah, you could tough. have the Baltimore Ravens defense from 2000, right. and I think you're still losing more games than you're winning. Oh, I don't know about that. Tough, I think so. Tough, tough, tough. Yeah. At least at least you know that your competition's equal because everybody else in your division is playing those same teams. Yeah. It is what it is. Win or lose. I mean, figure it out. It's yeah. Up to you. Washington's got uh, quite the mountain to climb. Yeah. Um, but they've, you know, they're built for it. Heineke's hungry. That defense, and, and again, that front seven is incredible. I don't think there's a better defensive line on paper <clears throat> in, on any other team. Right. You know, but it's just. And, I mean, hey, look, they're, they're 500 right now. <laughs> if you stay true. 500 in that division, you're going to compete for the for the division. Without title. a doubt. So, <laughs> Without a doubt. Stay 500 until the last two weeks, and you'll be all right. Battle of attrition over there. Yeah. The Giants, bad news for you fans out there, the Giants have started 0-2 every season since the 2017 season, and now it's being dubbed as the curse. So, Is it a curse, though? I don't or remember. I don't, I don't know if you recall. It could be they just suck. I don't know if you recall. Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, a bunch of the Giants players and receivers, plus Trey Songs all got on a boat oh, in Miami yes, yeah. for bef- the night before the playoffs or the day, couple days before the playoffs, they flew down there, went clubbing, got on a boat, acting like they already won the damn championship, and then get their ass kicked in that playoff game. Yeah. Ever since then, they've started the season 0-2, and I want to say that over the course, what is that, 17, 18, 19, 20, plus this year, they have over 40 losses in that time frame as a team 40 losses 40 plus i want to say it's like 41 to be how many exact. years is that four five 17 18 19 20 so four full seasons yeah okay so they're 10 lost team average on average yeah the last four seasons since wow. that 
Is that a curse? Does it, I mean. I, I, I've been in the last eight years the Chiefs don't have 40 losses. Oh, yeah. There's no chance. Yeah. I guess here's a good way to, to put it together. At what point did the Madden curse become a curse? <laughs> yeah. How, <laughs> how yeah. many seasons did it take of bad luck and injury for yeah. the players on the cover yeah. for it to be like, damn? I mean, what year was Ray on it? 2005. 05? Oh, yeah. shit. That was a good one. That was a good game. I have that for the GameCube still. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> so, I mean, <clears throat> how many years uh, of Madden until, until we had a curse? Um, if yeah. you know, text me. Let yeah. me know. <laughs> yeah, if you because got the scoop on I want to make sure that we're, if we're calling it a curse, it's properly labeled. <laughs> yeah, that's a very valid point. I think that's a good, uh, a good measuring stick, but you know, we'll solve the curse debate later. Let's move on to the next pregame stretch. So the Ravens promoted Devontae Freeman to the 53-man roster instead of Le'Veon Bell. <clears throat> According to uh, John Harbaugh, they're going to keep him on the practice squad, and they yep. fully intend to keep him in the fold for the rest of the season. Right. What do you make of that? Um, I didn't anticipate that. But if you look at Le'Veon Bell's history with the Chiefs specifically, uh, he was your third down guy, and yep. he was your special play kind of guy. He wasn't your I'm going to go out there and play and, and take 45 snaps kind of a player. Right. right? And <clears throat> the Ravens obviously need that guy. Devontae Freeman's a little bit younger. He's just two years off of a, a, a thousand-yard year. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't blame him. Maybe he still looks fresh and looks good. He was, of the two, he was the only one to go through a full training camp with the team. So, I mean, he did that with the Saints before they cut him. And then, you know, the Saints cut Latavius Murray. Now he's right, on the right, Ravens, right, too. Right. So there's familiarity there, I guess. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I... Who's taking the number one snap? I think Latavius. Tyson Williams is probably still the number one guy. He's had the most time in the offense, and he got the most carries and touches against the Raiders. Yeah, I guess we see we'll see that change over the next few weeks. Oh yeah, it's yeah. gonna evolve. Yeah, and it's just gonna. I, I I would assume that it'd be like any committee, where you just ride the hot hand. Right. Yeah, you know. So yeah, if if Murray busts off for. A fat gain, I would expect him to get the goal line touch right. at the end yeah. of that. Yep, agreed. And I think that organization's smart enough to make calls like that, too. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, hard knocks this year. So this is, gonna, this is pretty cool for me. I, I, you know, <laughs> I mean, hard knocks is cool already, but to change things up is going to bring in more attention to mm -hmm. the show. This season, it will be focused on the Colts' regular season instead of – the off-season training camp, mini camp, that the OTAs, those things leading up to the season. Right. So we're going to see the ins and outs of what that looks like for an NFL team during season. I think this is primarily, or this is this is cool for me, or in my in my lens, because I want to see how teams deal with the day-to-day, -day, mm -hmm. you know, week-to-week -week kind of uh, changes. Because I feel like, from what you hear in press conferences and things, is that, you know okay, I'm shifting gears towards the Baltimore Ravens this week. And I feel like you have to almost flip your whole script on, on gearing your, your playbook and not necessarily playbook, but your outlook on that on your week yeah. for that team, right? You got to have some sort of a routine, you know, so your team's not, you know, out of rhythm. Mm -hmm. 
But uh, I think that's going to be exciting for me to see, you know, dealing with injuries, uh, specifically COVID. It's going to be cool to see how they're dealing with that shit. I didn't even think about that angle yeah. from it. I, I like that too, actually. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited about this. Um, <clears throat> the Colts, not too juiced about that. I mean, come on, let's pick somebody else. But there right. was a lot of hype around the Colts moving into the season before, you know, beginning of july there was a lot of hype but yeah yeah this, i think this would be cool to see hopefully moving forward they do two different seasons you know you get to see an off season of one team and then you get to see an in season yeah keep this formula yeah. i mean if you're gonna do it i mean right. they did uh cowboys colts is kind of the the first year of doing the back-to-back thing and the thing i'm hopeful for is that they keep it fresh and different from the other shows that teams have you know like the chiefs they have their um the franchise program where it shows you different things some mic'd up some some uh behind the scenes footage i want it to be different because every team is now giving you a little bit of a look you know a little taste about what's going on behind the curtain if they're going to do this during the season, it can't just be cookie cutter the same as everything else. Yeah, I agree. And I would imagine those guys at fucking HBO are pretty damn smart. Yeah, no And shit. they're going to know what to do. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> just the idea to do a drone footage coverage of the entire Cowboys facility and grounds. I mean, those are the kinds of cool things that you don't get to see every single day. Right. You know? So if they can add that flavor to it, it'll be interesting. It'll be something that's fun to watch. And, you know, I'm with you in the, in the respect that I wasn't too thrilled to hear that it was the Colts either. Right. I think we're going to get a lot of Carson Wentz doctor visits I know. out yeah. of this thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, I mean, rightfully so. If it was, you know, Russ Wilson, everybody would be like, dude, this is cool. Like, I get to see his recovery. Yeah. But it's Carson Wentz, so it's not that cool. And I would, (laughs) it's really not. And I would say, you know, the big names on the Colts, just they're not plentiful. You've got guys that have big names, but they're not at the marquee positions, if that makes sense. They're not skill guys. You know, Quentin Nelson, obviously best interior lineman in football, but not everyone knows who that is. Darius Leonard, one of the better linebackers in all of football, not a well-known name. Uh, if, if you're a casual fan, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful with that term, but it's just the truth. If you're not well ingrained in, in football, then you don't know a lot of defensive players. Right. You know yeah. the wide receivers, the quarterbacks, and the running backs. Right, or if you're just stuck watching you know, your one football team instead of watching three or four games exactly. on Sunday. Yeah. Exactly. Monday and Thursday. Yeah. yeah. I hear you. If you don't have season ticket or red zone, <laughs> Then you're just, you know, you don't get Darius Leonard. Right, you don't yeah. get Qu- okay, Quentin yeah. Nelson. Right, right. If they had some bigger names, like they picked a team, like, and I don't want to be biased, but everyone knows who Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Patrick Mahomes is. Right, right. You know what I mean? Uh, even if you're going with the, Buc- the Buccaneers, would be a perfect one to do. Um, coming off of a title, got Tom Brady. Everyone knows who fucking Tom Brady is on the right. life Life 100 list, right. most influential yeah, right. people, period. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, uh, that w- I think that would be a better idea if you're going to move full force with it. I'm sure they'll be successful. These guys have Emmys on their shelves over there. And, right. Yeah. You know, you know what would be a cool idea is that if they picked somebody, uh, you know, the, pre- or the, yeah, the preseason or offseason is a particular team, 
this team lost the Super Bowl. Every year, that's the same. If you lose the Super Bowl, you're the off-season hard knocks. Yep. And then in-season is uh, the bubble team from the AFC and then the bubble team from the NFC. You are the in-season hard knocks. Right, the up-and-comers. Right, yeah. yeah. I guess I guess you can't <clears> – <throat> you'd really kind of miss a big gap of teams – but the, the league fluctuates every five years anyways, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, but there's you, teams that have never been featured on Hard Knocks, Right, yeah, you, know? you miss the Jets for the next five years. You know right. what I mean? The Chiefs haven't been on it since 07. Right, yeah. You know, so... And, and why would you not pick the Chiefs for one of these? Blows my mind. You'd have so much good content. Yeah. I mean, just watching the franchise and maybe... Dude, that's so cool. They do such a good job on that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's phenomenal. And I know the Panthers have one similar... I've seen the Jacksonville Jaguars put some stuff out, some content out, a regular show. You know what? I, I think they're going to do well, but I just would like to see a different one for the inaugural you know, yeah, season. Agreed. So the NBA is celebrating their 75th season as a league, one of the younger professional sports leagues outside of like MLS maybe, um, which is crazy to think that that's on the younger end. <clears throat> Something that's being debated is kind of similar to what the NFL did with their 100th anniversary, the all-NFL all 100 team. I had a, we had a little bit of an idea to give you uh, what our take on the starting five for the all-NBA 75th anniversary team would be. Now, I know for me it was tough to look past all of the guys that I grew up watching, the, the names that we knew. I mean, they're, they're the most talented athletes to hit the league and they're breaking all of those old guys' records. Right. They've made bigger impacts, period. Yeah. So, I mean, my starting lineup's probably going to bother some of you old heads out there, but <laughs> trust me, I got MJ in it. So it's Steph Curry for point, which kills me because I'm a CP3 fan. So, right. you know, I'm trying to look at this with the, with the least amount of bias as possible. So I've got Steph Curry at the point, Michael Jordan at two, Obviously, hard not to choose Bean for that, um, but you can't argue with the GOAT. LeBron James at the three. Tim Duncan at the four. In my mind, the best power forward to ever play the game. And Shaquille O'Neal at center. I mean, that guy, when he was in the league, I saw something about <laughs> just his dimensions. So his rookie year, he was seven foot tall, weighing 345. That's a unit. Yeah. And he was, like, beastly. The dude was muscular right, and sculpted right, right, and right. actually had some speed at that time. Over the course of the year, by the time he won his third championship with the Lakers, he weighed 395. Holy shit. Pushing 400. Still speedy, still athletic. I mean, he had some foot and leg injuries towards the end of his time with the Lakers. I mean, just imagine that guy driving into the paint on you at full speed, just knocking your ass into the no, hardwood. You might break a couple boards. Yeah, you're getting out of the way. Yeah. yeah. Got to put him on the starting five. What do you have? My starting five is a, a, a gr team of grinders. These guys get after it. Yeah. Um, whether it's like going for the basketball, shooting the basketball, or throwing bows. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman, KG, and you can't forget Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most underappreciated players yes, of all time. Birdman was my favorite player when we were watching basketball. In high oh, school. yeah. By far. By far. 
He had swag, man. Oh, yeah. He was man. inked up, the headband, yeah. the mohawk. Yeah. yeah. How I saw, could you not root for that guy? I saw a picture of him his uh, rookie year. He had a tattoo on each forearm, and that's it. <laughs> he would get murdered out. Like, oh, yeah. He said, ink my whole body. Yeah. Yeah, let's get after it. Yeah, but that's my starting five. Just some people that, that you don't want to be on the court with, or actually you want to be on the court with if they got the same jersey on. The only guy I think is missing off your all-time grinders list, it's got to be someone off of the Grizzlies lineup from their grit and grind lineup. It was like Mike Conley, Tony Allen, one of the best defenders to, Allen, to hit yeah. the league, yeah. Rudy Gay, Zach Randolph, Zebo. Dude, I like Zach Randolph a lot. I yeah. fuck with that yeah. Zach Randolph. Yeah. And then Mark Gasol. Yeah. So, I mean, Zebo's got to be your sixth man. Yeah, and then you're missing uh... – Metal World Peace, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to make sure you got a brawler on your yeah, squad. right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whether we're beating the shit out of another player or the fans, whoever And Stack Jack's got to be on there, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, yeah. Well, that's all we got for the pregame stretches. <clears throat> Let's jump into a week one recap. So, game of the week, retrospectively for me, has to be the Chiefs-Browns. Obviously, <laughs> we... We were there for the right. game. Yeah. We got Love to see the comeback. We got to see all of the third-quarter heroics from Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and especially Mike Hughes and Daniel Sorensen right. and Chris Jones. Yep. Phenomenal game. The Browns played excellent. I mean, there's only so much you can do against our high-powered offense, and they kind of held us in check and everyone knows we're a third quarter team. We really show out. We get the rest of the wrinkles <laughs> folded out from our offense later in the game, kind of keep it conservative. That's Andy Reid's style always has been. Yep. Yep. I mean, what a freaking game from the Tyreek Hill 75 yard touchdown to the very next play. You know, you get a, a Chris Jones sack and then you've got the, blo uh, the, the muff snap on the punt. I mean, that's got to be my favorite game from the week. I didn't get a chance to watch any other games outside of the Monday night when I got home, nursing my throbbing headache, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Sunday night, and then the Monday night game after that, which was yeah. a thriller as well. Right, 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 right. But you can't beat the atmosphere in Arrowhead. Yeah, I agree. I think that's my game of the week too. But I think outside of that, just to have a different uh, perspective here, is that is the Saints-Green Bay how many times did we look at each other throughout the Chiefs game? We were like, holy shit, it's 14 to uh, 3 or 14 to 0 or whatever. <laughs> holy shit, it's 21 to 0 or 3 or whatever the score was. And then, holy shit, it's 38 to 3. <laughs> and it's over. Yeah, you're like, what in the hell? Did, the they, they got did Aaron Rodgers get hurt? Right, and you don't yeah. get cell signal in there. Right, but the guys behind us, uh, those season ticket holders, were like, uh, they pulled Aaron Rodgers. George yeah. loves him. I was <laughs> yeah. like, what? Is he hurt? They're like, no, he's fine. It was every PA update. He goes, Green Bay, 23, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Saints, 24. Right. You know, yeah. it was like every time. Yeah. They're like, what is going on yeah. over there? Yeah, so I think just from our perspective of being at Arrowhead and not seeing other games, like you said, uh, Green Bay and New Orleans is up there for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I watched the highlights, and it was – Jameis looked good. We can talk about that more here in a second, but – Absolutely. Damn. Let's go over some storylines from week one. So Sam Darnold, Carolina Panthers quarterback, played the Jets week one, got the win over his old team. Do you think it was a mistake choosing Zach Wilson over Sam Darnold? I don't think you win either way. Yeah. So I, is it a mistake? 
I say no because you're trying to go out and do something better. Mm-hmm. Was Darnold the problem? I don't know. You know, <laughs> I have no idea. But I feel like once you once you draft a quarterback and you got him in your system for two or three years and he's not producing, even if he's a, a good quarterback and right. he was a really good quarterback in college, I think he's whoever that player is going to have struggles moving into a different system, whatever it may be. Yeah. I think that's going to hold him back for a good amount of time anyways. Um, yeah. For instance, Andy Dalton. Um, I don't. I guess I can't think of anything else off the top of my head as, as far as examples. But, yeah, I think those guys struggle. I, not that he struggled week one with Carolina, but was he the problem? No. Was he the answer? No. Yeah, exactly. And <clears throat> it's hard to tell with New York having a terrible coach like Adam Gase throughout his whole time there. And you really hit the nail on the head with Andy Dalton because he had results on the field. You know, he brought them to the playoffs several times, but he could never get the job done in the playoffs. So they moved on. Right. And that's just what you have to do as a franchise. And I agree with you. I mean, Sam Darnold has gotten three seasons to prove that he is the guy for them. He wasn't able to string together wins. He was unhealthy for vast parts of 2019 and 20. Uh, So they had to rely on some other guys out there. So, you know, you get the second pick. You have the option to take one of these other young up-and-coming quarterbacks that's not named Trevor Lawrence. You're going to trade the guy, acquire more capital, and and roll the dice on another young guy. I guess so there's a a point there, you know, you asked if, if he was the answer. I'm picking somebody else at the two slot. I'm sure you're in the same boat. Yes. So, I mean, maybe they made a mistake. And my answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably taking Trey Lance for um, – I maybe take Trey Lance. But uh, – I'll tell you who I would take. For sure taking uh, – damn, why can't I think of his name? Chicago. <laughs> uh, JF. Justin Fields. Yeah. yeah, I'm for sure. Justin Fields should have went number two. For yeah, sure. absolutely. Um, yeah, so, I mean. I couldn't believe he mistakes? slipped to 11. Right. Did they make mistakes? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. So, Trevor Lawrence did not get the win. He was not the day one miracle hero that the Jags needed. His or I, I won't say they, he's not needed, okay? I, I overstepped, I will admit. So, you play the Texans. They've got Tarod Taylor at quarterback, and you throw three picks against a defense that just traded away their number one corner uh, two weeks prior. It's not a good look. No. Now, he put up passing yards. He got three touchdowns to complement those three interceptions, but Jameis Winston did that, and he found his way out of the team. Now, it's start one. Maybe I'm premature with that assessment, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but it's just not the way that I know it's not the way that Jags fans thought he was going to come in there and and take care of business, give him more supporting cast, see him next year. I think we'll have a better week one for him in store. I agree. Uh, we spoke about this a little bit. Do you think Jags are the worst team in the NFL at the end of the year? Record wise. I think record wise, they probably are not. I think the Lions may win less. Um, but just to kind of recap what we, what we discussed earlier, I think that we're not going to see a one, two, or three-win team at the end of the year. I think 
most everyone will be above that four win mark. If anyone hits four, I'd be surprised. Now we got a lot of season left. There's a lot that can happen, trades, injuries, things of that nature. But the way that it all shakes out now, I just don't see the Jags not figuring out a couple things. Now, here's the deal. They lost to the Texans, which is one of the teams that's going to compete with them for that right. you know, bottom slot. Yep. So the Texans have the leg up on them in the tiebreaker. So not necessarily it's not, a race you want to win either. No. <laughs> it's not outside the realm of possibility. Right. But it would only do wonders for Trevor Lawrence. It would only help him out to finish on the lower end of the spectrum, get a high draft pick. Maybe you trade that draft pick, package it for other things, get more capital, build more pieces around him, bring in a better asset than what you can get with that pick. You never know what's going to happen, right. you know, yeah. 25, 30 weeks from now. Yeah, yeah, that's a long time away. Oh, yeah, for sure. So the Falcons, they're up to their old ways, high-powered offense, a lot of talent. Still lose the game to a lower-tier team, in my yeah. opinion, yeah. and they don't score a touchdown. Yeah, I don't know where Matty Ice is at on his contract, but I think he's done after this year. I think, I think this is last. Done too. It's got to be last guaranteed year. Yeah, I think they move on. I think that's one of the teams that has a top five pick, and I think they they pick up a quarterback this year in the draft. I mean, I they should. I think they should have traded him last off season. I think they should have drafted. Did, who did they draft in the first round last Kyle year? Kyle Pitts. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they needed a tight end. Yeah, right. And he was a, he's a stud. But uh, I probably would have picked up a quarterback last year, let him sit under Matty Ice for a year. Yep. You know, now you're in a situation next year, and this is all theoretical, right? But you're in a situation next year where you won five, six, seven games, and you're looking around like, all right, who's he- who's getting chopped this week? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and I think Matty Ice is on that list. Well, let's take a look at who is available at pick five for them outside of Kyle Pitts. Uh, you still have Justin Fields, yep. which you need a QB. You still have Patrick Sertan, which you need a cornerback because your whole defense left you. And then there was also Sewell, the left tackle, which you also need. So, I mean, what outweighs the other? I think quarterback's got to be at the top of the list. I think so, too. Yeah. So, And I'm not saying Pitts isn't going to be a star in the league. You need a quarterback. At the very least, you should have maybe thought about trading back, grabbing fields, picking up extra capital, and going forward. But they were in a transition period during the draft, and, you know, who knows what was going on with their personnel. Steelers defense – Turns out they're the strength of the team. They had a very strong showing, particularly um, Joe Hayden, who had the best grade, according to PFF, from all corners in the league. And Cam Hayward, who forced 12 quarterback pressures throughout the game and picked up a sack and a forced fumble. Um, The guy was a beast. A very underrated stat, too. Oh, yeah. Something you don't look at. Something you don't see on ESPN. Something you don't search for on ESPN.go.com. Mm-hmm. You know, it, this is something that, like, only high-level – this is a high-level stat. You right. Know, which is, like I said, under un, very underrated. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Cause you, 12 is a big number. A lot of the turnovers that happen in the league, a lot of the incompletions, yep. things like that, are a result of quarterback pressure. Right. Third and – Third and long, you know, that's a big play. If it's not an interception or a fumble and you, you still stop them on third and long, that's a big damn play. That's turnover on downs. Absolutely. You 
Let's get to the Green Bay Saints game. Got a couple things to talk about with that. After that massive tantrum, after the holdout, after the Jeopardy stint, we get this performance from Aaron Rodgers. Two picks, under 200 yards, yep. and he just looked awful. Yeah. I think it's his haircut. Yeah. He looks like a biker or something. <laughs> <laughs> I saw something earlier this week that said uh, he looked like Nicholas Cage was playing his part in a movie about Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, that's so spot on. Nicholas Cage. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, here's the question. Is this how the Patriots, the Patriots, is this how the, uh, the Packers are going to play for the rest of the season? Answer is no. Yeah, absolutely. Answer is no. I agree. I think they, they bounce back hard this week. Yeah, do they lose just three or four games this year? No, I think it's, I think it's five or six. Mm. But, yeah, they're definitely winning that division still. And the oh, only yeah. other team I saw winning that division was, was Minnesota. They did not look good either. No, they looked awful. Yep. How do you lose a, uh, or another play Cincinnati this weekend? Yep. No, they played lose? Cincy. They lost to Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, Cincinnati yep. plays uh, Cleveland, or no, uh, Chicago this yep. weekend. Don't sleep on Joe Burrows, though. Oh, yeah, you can't. I think they get the dub this week, too. I think we'll so talk too. about that yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jameis Winston, hello, LASIK. It fucking works. Yeah. Find your eye doctor if you can't see yeah. because Jameis Winston can see clearly now. Yeah, uh, LASIK eye surgery just went up 500% in the United <laughs> States. <laughs> every, every LASIK practice should be calling Jameis Winston right now about a sponsorship. That's a good idea. I mean, how foolish wow. would you be not to get him to endorse right. your, your practice? Right. I mean, the guys right. that the performed it on him should be like, this is what we can do for you. Right, yeah. I'll do the rest <laughs> of your family. For free. Yeah. Just, just come on. Bring and, uh, mama and grandma in. We'll get them taken care yeah, of. Yeah, right. Come on, Jameis. <laughs> you don't have to steal this. <laughs> we'll just fucking give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Stafford and the Rams are for real. They are. Yep. I had my doubts, and I still do. It's still early. It's still yeah. week one. or going on week two now, so I still have my doubts. But, yeah, we'll see. I think – They played uh, a good I, defense. Yeah, I think rule of thumb for me is week four, week five – that's when I'm going to make a decision on everybody, you know? Yep. You know, this is where somebody's going. This is where they're not. Get some more data. Yeah, yeah i got to <laughs> stack some information here real quick. Um, here in the next couple of weeks. We're, I don't know. we're early. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I wasn't sold on Matt Stafford. How old is the dude? 33? 32? Pushing. Yeah, he's got to yeah. be in that range. So he's, he's not young. He slung the ball around, and he's an absolute soldier on the field, man. Oh, yeah. The dude takes a beating. He did in Detroit and just got back up and throw the ball again. The guy's, a, yeah, yeah, got grit. He's a Gruden grinder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. Oh, yeah. But I didn't think he was the answer at the Rams. But, you know, I mean, we'll see, dude. I mean, I'm pretty stoked about that. I, I don't like the Rams. I like the Rams being good because that's another team that can knock off the Bucks, mm-hmm. Right? Because I don't want to play. I do want to play the Bucks in the Super Bowl again for Patrick's sake. That's what so I we want. So can get that, get over that hump. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want to play them again, just because I want another ring. And oh I yeah. Feel like we can beat the Rams, you know. Bucks oh, we definitely can. T- much tougher game, but. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> let's jump on to some Week One awards. So, who is your MVPs from the AFC and the NFC? I'll jump on NFC and let you take AFC. Yeah. I think NFC is absolutely 
Kyler Murray. Okay. Absolute stud. Five touchdowns. I ride high on his <laughs> horse. I'm going to keep riding it. I got a, just a hunch about him, so I'm okay. not going to ride it too hard. Yeah, but, ride uh, it later. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'll ride that one into the sunset. But uh, he's an absolute unit. He's going to come out again and have another. That's who, uh, that's who plays Minnesota this week is Arizona. Yep. Uh, he's going to have a great game against Arizona. Um, I think he's the front runner over the pick we got for AFC, personally. Okay. Oh, for the MVP? Yes. Wow. Uh, but, I mean, I think he's – yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray's my pick. Okay. He's stud. So, on the AFC side, I've got to give it up for our boy Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. How could you not give it to him? I think the only – I mean, the second closest guy you could give it to is, like, maybe Darren Waller because he balled out in that Ravens game. Uh, maybe Tyreek Hill for his 197 and a touchdown. You got to give it to the quarterback that made it all possible. The guy ran one in two. I mean, he had four total touchdowns and uh, let a let a fourth quarter comeback, doing what he does. Right. So, got to give it up to him. And you know, the play of the week for me definitely was the. It's funny because yeah. we we, <laughs> we flopped our play of the week. So I took his um, week one MVP's play, which was the Kyler Murray touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins where he toe-tapped in the back of the end zone uh, on an improbable pass. I mean, everyone's been seeing this this replay. If you've turned on ESPN, you definitely saw it. So, um, miraculous throw. Yeah. The guy's incredible. I'm a big fan of Kyler Murray as well. Yeah, yeah. Bigger fan of DeAndre Hopkins. So, love seeing that connection. I think it, when D-Hop got traded, it – was the best thing for Kyler Murray. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. My play of the week is going to Pat on that touchdown to Tyreek Hill mm -hmm. where he just launched it, said he couldn't even see him. He just <coughs> saw his gloves flailing in the air. Fucking Tyreek yeah. down there somewhere. <laughs> right. uh, for 75 yards, which, I mean, if you were at Arrowhead, you felt that just like we did. Oh, right? I mean, man. How many times have we been in Arrowhead and we see this play? You know, not just to Tyreek, but to Travis Kelsey or Pat oh, running the to ball McCole in Hardman. the Titans. Sammy uh, Watkins when he was here. Yeah, I mean, how many times have we our jaws just been on the ground? Like, holy shit, oh, that just happened. That Titans run gives me goosebumps. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my player of the week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the best part was as soon as that touchdown pass was completed, the stadium's volume level stayed yeah. at that mark yeah. until the end of the game yeah. and all the way through the tunnels on the way out. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's why Arrowhead is the best stadium. Oh yeah. In so NFL. let's jump into some Chiefs talk. Yep. Gonna be brought to you by E Coffee. Check them out. www.eeroastscoffee.com. You can see them on IG as well at EE Roast Coffee. They're a KC local company actually located in Liberty, Missouri. Check out their coffee. they got so many different flavors. It's so good. It's the perfect way to wake up in the morning. I drink their coffee all the freaking time. I actually will take their fresh beans, grind them up, and put them in my cold brew pitcher, froth up some milk, throw that on top. It's phenomenal. If anyone likes fancy coffee, these guys can help you get it done. E-Coffee. They also do giveaways. They have uh, beans sourced from all over the world. Um, they're going to do it big for you. All right, so I think we start off with, does somebody or did the Browns expose the Chiefs and build a, a blueprint to beat the Chiefs? So, Dan, 
looking at the schedule, I mean, if you had to pick two or three teams that may be able to beat the Chiefs this year, who are you picking off of our schedule right now? Yeah, so before I give my answer, here's the thing about the blueprint to beat the Chiefs. You know, we hear it every time we take a loss. Yep. Someone's like, oh. Or come close. Or come close. Yeah. yeah. In this case, it's come close. Right, right, right. And, you know, some overzealous writer wants to jump on board and get some clickbait going. Right. <clears throat> so the truth is, you know, there's multiple ways to beat any team. There's just no one way to beat us. But with that being said, looking at our schedule, there are some games that could be a little tougher, like the Broncos Week 18 when we've already clinched the number one seed. Like, they're probably going to beat us. You know what I mean? Yep. If we're putting Chad Henney out there against their defense, they're probably going to win. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> Anything can happen. Outside of the realistic teams that could probably give us a run for our money this season, we've got the Ravens number. Mahomes, he's 3-0 and against Lamar Jackson. Yep. And what did you say earlier? 8-0 against that division. Yeah. So, I mean, we play that division this year. Right. So, I mean, uh, do we have the blueprint to the AFC North? You could ask the same question. Right, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now... The rest of the schedule, you know, play the NFC East. We play the uh, the AFC uh, North. So yeah. we're in I Tennessee. Think, I think the odds are in our favor there. In Tennessee, maybe Derrick Henry has a big game and does something, but I don't think they have enough firepower to keep up with us. Yep. They beat us during the regular season in 2019 with Mahomes coming off of a busted kneecap. So take that for what you will. There are two games on here that I think could give us some fits. The Green Bay Packers, because they also have a high-powered offense and a very savvy quarterback. That's one. And the second one has to be the Los Angeles Chargers. I think so, too. I was going to ask you that when you finished up. Yep. The Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert's up and coming. Their offense is strong. Their defense is very talented. They've got Joey Bosa. They've got Derwin James healthy, Chris Harris Jr. <clears throat> and the list goes on and on for all these different uh, different stars that these guys have. So um, those are the really the only two games I'm really concerned about on our schedule. And if we end up going, fifth, uh, what would it be, 14-3? and three, yep. I'd be completely comfortable with that and most likely gets us a number one seed. I agree. I, I'm – just talking now, I'm thinking, you know, where do we lose these games? Because Tennessee didn't start off well. Right. But like I said, I'm waiting until week five to make a full judgment of these teams. <laughs> uh, Tennessee didn't start off well. Green Bay didn't start off well. Two right. teams that, like, okay, there's going to be tough games. Yep. Bills didn't start off well. Okay, there's a third that right. I, I was like, man, we could lose this game. Uh, Pittsburgh started off well, and we're in Pittsburgh the day after Christmas. We could lose a game like that, right? Yeah. Uh, I almost said that one, but yeah, I just don't trust Ben Roethlisberger, right. especially not to stay healthy the whole year, to be uh, honest with week you. Week 18, I see, I mean, we're probably talking about the Chargers, or I mean the, uh, the Broncos, maybe a game and a half away from making the playoffs, right? Or maybe two games away. 
Or maybe they're the bubble team and they're trying to get in. If that's the case, yeah, I could definitely see a loss there. Yep. Or I could see the Chiefs, you know, hey, <clears throat> you're not winning this game. If we don't they're a, a bubble shit. team, we're going to keep them out. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah, agreed. So, yeah, I don't know. I could see 15-2. to two. I could see 16-1. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Who put in that 17-0? Hudson. Hudson. Hudson put it plus in. Plus 4,000. Yeah, what do you put in? Five bucks? Ten bucks? You put five bucks in, you get like 200. Yeah, I mean, that's all theoretical, right? Right. Yeah. Five bucks win 200. Why the hell not? Right. To wrap up Chiefs talk, I just want to highlight Chris Jones because he had a position change. So everyone knows he was the defensive tackle for the Chiefs. He lost some weight, got a little more, uh, a little more speed to him with the weight loss, and he's playing D end. Comes in and immediately becomes a game wrecker. Several quarterback pressures, two sacks. Game-changing pressure to get the pick from Mike Hughes. Uh, The guy was a beast, and I could definitely see him besting his career high of 15 sacks this year. Yeah, he uh, came out of the presser on Monday or Tuesday and was like, I I was trying to get comfortable, and the first half I wasn't getting there. Went into the second half, made some adjustments with uh, Spags, Mm -hmm. and came out in the second half, and we saw what we saw, right? Yep. So if you continue to get better like that all year, we're in great hands. Oh, yeah. And we didn't even have Frank Clark. I was about to say that. We didn't even have Frank Clark coming off the other side. Yep. So, yeah, I think we're in great hands. Absolutely. So uh, moving on from just specifically the Chiefs, let's move into a top top ten power rankings here. So yeah. your top ten. Top ten, bottom five. I'll go <clears throat> top ten in this order. I got to give it to my Chiefs. Call it bias. I don't give a shit. Buccaneers, they had a good game against the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are a strong team. They get a win this week. Maybe they creep into my top ten. Rams, Seahawks, Browns. Browns had a good showing against us. Yep, agreed. Steelers slip into the top ten. Saints, Bills, Cardinals. I got to give the ten slot to the Ravens. I know they lost a close one to the Raiders. I think the Raiders are a good team. Uh, You know, I don't – I don't know that they're a better team than they were last year necessarily. Um, they won a close one. I just don't see the at the end of the year, this is how I like try to stack my top ten out. Obviously, I take recent performance into account, but at the end of the year, do I think the Raiders are going to be higher than the Ravens? No. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So i uh, got to give the Ravens the ten slot at least for now. Maybe another team comes in. There's a couple of fringe teams that might bump them off, like the Packers. Yeah, right, <clears throat> yeah. Go on with your uh, bottom five. Let's see what that looks like. Yeah, bottom five, I got to go at 32. At this very moment, it's the Jaguars. 31 is the Lions. 30 is the Falcons. I got to give 29 to the Giants and 28 to the the Texans. Okay. Man, we have a a very different bottom five, that's for (laughs) sure. Uh, my top ten, I'm going Chiefs. They beat a better football team than the Bucks did. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could say probably say that they're equal right now, but on last week's wins, Chiefs definitely beat a better football it's team. It's a 1A, 1B situation. Yep. I could agree to that. Yeah, so then my number two is obviously the Bucks. Number three is going to the Rams. My number four is the Browns. I would – I kind of debated on uh, – my four, five, and six are all kind of similar. I got Browns, Bills, Seahawks. Okay. Bills are a good football team. Seahawks won. <clears throat> So there's kind of a mix there. You know, put them in whatever order you want to for me. That's that's my mix there. Going on to seven, I got the Steelers. 
Eight, I got Cardinals. Nine, I got Saints. I was I really didn't want to put Saints in my top ten because I have no faith in Jameis Winston, but here we are with them at number nine. <laughs> and number ten, I got uh, 49ers. Okay. 49ers, strong team. I debated between them and the Ravens, and I couldn't give it to the Ravens. I'm not, like... I'm not far off from you on the 49ers. I think they're one of those fringe teams as well, one of those teams that could crack it if they, you know, get a win this week against the Eagles. Um, They are talented. There's no doubting that. And, you know, unfortunately they got hit with a big injury. Their starting corner, Jason Verrett, could possibly miss the whole season. You know, I think they're a strong team for sure. So that gives me three NFC West teams in my top ten. Which, going into the league, or going into the season, we knew NFC West was going to be strong, right? Oh, yeah. And um, I'm with you. I've got three of them in there, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, oh, wait, wait, wait. You got all I four. I got all four of them. You got the whole division in there. Four. Oh, shit. That's a power division. Yeah, it is. Damn. It's the best division in football. 100%. You yeah. can't dance around that. Yeah. Uh, so, my bottom five, starting at 32, I got the Jags. After that, I got the Jets. You had the Lions. Oh. I'm pissed about that. I'm a fool. I should have put the Jets in there. Uh, after that, I got the Falcons. I think they're a very bad football team. Yeah. Texans, they beat the worst team in the league. And then I got the Lions. Yeah. I think the Lions aren't bad, dude. They scored 30-some points against San Fran. I'll revise. I'll bump I'll bump the Texans out of my bottom five and put the Jets in between the Lions and Jags. Okay. That makes more sense. I overlooked that trash-ass team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, let's talk week two preview. Yep. Uh, Let's just go into our favorite games, the games we're most excited for. Um, Outside of the Chiefs-Ravens, obviously we're pumped for that, but let's go non-bias here. My game that I really want to see is Cowboys at Chargers. There's a lot at stake here for the Cowboys. Uh, If you start 0-2, it's putting you on par with what the rest of the division is likely going to do outside of obviously Washington beat the Giants already. Um, but you go one and one playing the Chargers and the Buccaneers, which I see as two top 15 teams in the league. Uh, obviously, Bucks are one of the better teams. You go one and one against those two, I think your odds are pretty good if you're the Cowboys to win that division moving forward. Uh, the Chargers have a lot at stake as well because they have Justin Herbert, who needs to prove he's not going to have a sophomore slump. Yep. They barely got the win off against Washington, actually almost gave the game away uh, from some of the highlights that I watched. Um, So a lot at stake. Both teams, you know, one wants to remain undefeated. One wants to get their first win. Um, I think it's going to be a high-powered offense kind of day as well. Yep, I agree. I think the Cowboys, like I said earlier, was staying 500. If you're 500 in that division, you got a chance. I think there's a lot of – there's a lot of competition for the wild card in our division, AFC West, right now. Every, every other team in our division is looking to be the best wild card because you're obviously not going to win the division, right? Right. So, I mean, between the Broncos, the Chargers, and, and Vegas right now, I think it's kind of a it's up in the air because Vegas looks Everyone's good. 1-0. Vegas looked good. Denver's defense looks good. And Chargers are kind of the favorite out of the three. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to be a good matchup. Absolutely. My matchup for the week is Tennessee. They're going to Seattle. And I love that matchup, too. Yeah, this is going to be a great game. I think uh, Derrick Henry bounces back. I think he has a big game. 
So I think that puts a lot of pressure on Wet on on Russ to uh, make some plays and get that team on their second win. And Tennessee's going for their first win, right? So yep. I think same this situation. Is a big big game for Tennessee. You cannot start zero and two if you're going to take a wild card or win that division. Absolutely. So the fastest forties game of the week, <clears throat> the one we're both most excited for. It's going to Raiders at Steelers. We've got two one and zero teams. Um, a battle to see who's going to stay undefeated. You've got the Steelers' tough defense against the Raiders' surprisingly potent offense. Right, yeah. I mean, this is going to be the, the, the telltale for whether or not this team's for real. In my book, the Raiders, uh, they got the overtime win against the Ravens, last-minute field goal to take it to OT, costly and timely turnovers for Lamar Jackson got them in that position. Can they do the same thing against another strong AFC opponent? I have my doubts, but I think it's going to be a good game at the end of the day. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Let's uh, jump into something new here, Dan. Who goes 2-0 and who goes 0-2? So, <laughs> so it's, there's a lot of these matchups, actually, and it's like, the undefeated versus the all-defeated. What do you want to be? Right. Right? So I think the most likely teams to go 2-0, and and I'll just rattle off two of them here. Um, I got to give it to our Chiefs. We got Lamar Jackson's number. We got the AFC North's number in general. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go chalk here and take the Bucks as well. Yep. Uh, Buccaneers taking on the Atlanta Falcons. They put up six points against the Eagles. Yep. You do that against the Buccaneers, you bring that energy to that game, and you're, you might not score a fucking point. So right. yeah. those are the, the two that I think are going to be 2-0. and o. Now, 0-2, oh it's a tough look. But, you know, I got to go with the Vikings. Yep. I'm a believer, just like you are, in Kyler Murray. Um, I think they're going to they're gonna show out. The Vikings lost to the Bengals last week, and their defense did not look good, and the Cardinals' offense looked phenomenal. So uh, just look for the cards to take that. I guess they'd be going 2-0 and as well. Yep. And then the Titans. Uh, are the, the Titans, I just don't know that they're going to get it done yeah. against the yep. Seahawks. They kept the Colts in check. I think the Titans and the Colts are two similarly built teams. Agreed, yeah. You know, you've got <clears throat> a very good running game, a solid offensive line, excuse me, and a game manager quarterback. Um as far as that offense goes, the Seahawks kept them in check. So who are your two uh, 2-0, and 0-2s? For 2-0, and 0, uh, Rams for sure. They're playing the Colts. Colts can't get it done against the Rams. I'm not too worried about that one at all. And this one might surprise some, some folks. Uh, I'm taking the Bengals to go 2-0. and 0. So who had the Bengals going 2-0 and 0 to start the season, right? Everybody's got them taking last in that division. Um, that's another tough division, really. Um, they're playing the Bears this weekend. I think they get it done against the Bears and go 2-0. and For my 0-2, the Patriots, rookie quarterback. They're playing – or not, sorry, the Jets. The Jets, rookie quarterback. I guess the Patriots still got a rookie quarterback. But the Jets, rookie quarterback, they have to go against the mastermind, Bill Belichick. Patriots get it done against the Jets. And uh, Jets start the season 0-2. The next one, unfortunately, I got to pick the Lions. They're playing the Packers. I want to take the Lions to win this football game. I really do. I really hope they beat the Packers. I'm a, I'm a Lions fan after uh, what they've done in the offseason. 
I want to see them beat Green Bay, but they're not going to get it done. The Lions start 0-2, unfortunately. Packers get their first win. I got the Lions at five or six wins, so I'm not losing hope yet. I'll take five or six wins this year. Not time to give up on them no, yet, huh? No, no, Moving into fantasy football, let's move into who your starts are for this week, Dan. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm just going to give you my full stardom lineup. Um, I've got Tom Brady playing against a weak Falcons defense. Watch for him to, to put up a similar stat line to last week, maybe minus the picks. <clears throat> Melvin Gordon had a really good showing last week. Against, um, I mean, who did the the Broncos play? <laughs> who cares? Yeah. They, he had a, he had <laughs> over a hundred yards rushing and a touchdown, uh, plus a play? seventy yard tote. So, um, I expect him to do something similar yeah. this week. Um, I've got Jarvis Landry. So Odell Beckham, he's out this week. Right. The yep. Browns are playing the Texans. It's a pretty good matchup considering you know the Jaguars actually torched them for. 300-plus passing yards, 350-plus. So expect Jarvis Landry to have a pretty good game. And then um, Noah Fant for the Broncos as well. I think he's going to show out this week and uh, put up some big numbers. So who do you got? Absolutely. I'm going Baker Mayfield. He comes back heavy this week. He's going to tear it up against Houston. Baker Mayfield's a big pick for me. He's also my quarterback. Yep. Um, So no (laughs) bias there. Yeah, Um, leaving that out. Yeah. (laughs) Naheem Hines um, just signed a new contract a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I think that's a heavy pass game we see from Indianapolis this week, and I think he's he's definitely a big part of that pass game. Oh, without a doubt. So I think he gets a a lot of touches this weekend. Uh, He did last week, too, which is pretty impressive. Definitely. Um, Antonio Brown, this guy's going to continue to be a starter all fucking season unless he gets hurt. And then my last one here for tight end, I got Robert Tunyon. Uh, We both kind of – uh, back and forth on this one. He's definitely a starter this weekend yep. uh, when Green Bay bounces back against Detroit. Um, rolling into my sits for the weekend, Jameis Winston. Okay. He's not going to be consecutive. He's not wow. going to get it done. Uh, he's going to have a couple picks. He might have a couple touchdowns to to, to back those picks up, but, um, you know, picks don't equal points. So nope. Oftentimes, James, they mean negative points. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, so sits... I'm starting with my quarterback. That's Jameis Winston. Running back DeAndre Swift. Uh, okay. Jamal Charles is going. He took a lot of snaps. Jamal Charles. I think he took forty percent of the snaps. Williams. Jamal Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Charles. We're living Jamal in Charles. the past. Oh man, you got me all excited. I was like, he's with the Lions yeah, now. He looked up like I was crazy. <laughs> uh, so uh, DeAndre Swift is on my sits. He's been uh, kind of battling a an injury that he's had from camp. So. Oh, yeah. Um, Jamal Williams is also battling, I think, a groin injury this week from the game. But uh, I think he plays, and I think he takes a lot of snaps like he did. I think he had 100-plus with a touchdown. Yeah, um, he went off. Jamal Williams did. He went off. Uh, Sits Corey Davis. Yeah, I think he's a top-five receiver right now. Um, just from based on week one, like I said, they're playing the Patriots. I see them getting wrecked this weekend from that <laughs> Patriots team. He's got a good record. Bill Belichick just eats up rookie quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. so. Corey Davis, as much as you want to start him, you might look at other alternative routes there. Uh, and then uh, this is opposite of what you got, Dan. So I got Noah oh, Fan here. Oh, man. I, I, I'm, I'm sitting in for this weekend. I don't think it's a heavy pass game from the Broncos this weekend. Okay. I think it's a heavy run game. Sure. Um, so we're going to see a big Melvin Gordon game, and we're going to see a big uh, Javante uh, Williams. Williams, yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. Right on, man. So I'm sitting Kirk Cousins. 
Yep. I think uh, they're going to get mauled this weekend by that Arizona defense again. And uh, just look for, you know, some repeat performance from what you saw from Ryan Tannehill. Maybe a similar stat line for Kirk Cousins. Maybe more picks. Kenyon Drake. I think this is like, uh, I don't know, the fantasy equivalent of clickbait where you get all trigger happy to put him in because Josh Jacobs isn't playing this yeah, week. All right. Uh, but they're playing a tough a Steelers point, defense. They're playing a tough Steelers defense, and I just would not advise. You know, they, they put the clamps on all of the, the Bills running backs last week, and they contained Josh Allen in that passing game as well. So um, I just would not pull the trigger on that. Brandon Ayuk. Did not have a good performance last week. Most everything went to Debo Samuel. I think they're going to stick with what works. Brandon Ayuk probably won't get zero catches this week. Right. Uh, but I would not put him in your starting lineup until we get more data on how that on how that wide receiver uh, turnstile is going to come out. Who's getting those targets and when? And then Mike Gesicki. This is kind of similar to my take on Brandon Ayuk. Gesicki didn't get a single catch. I don't think he even had a target yeah. the whole game. Yeah. So, Which is kind of surprising. Exactly. And, you know, I just don't see the Dolphins, you know, changing too much from that stance. Um, Devontae Parker seemed to be the number one target for, for Tua Tagovailoa last week. And, and Miles Gaskin is going to get a lot of passes out of the, out of the backfield as yep. well. So yep. stay away from him. My sleepers for this week are Ryan Tannehill. I think he could bounce back pretty strong this week with a game against Seattle. Yeah. Uh, they also could get demolished, so that's why he's a sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> J. Michael Hasty, one of the running backs for the uh, 49ers. Now, Eli Mitchell got the bulk of the Raheem Mostert touches after he got hurt, but the Niners are that team that can put whoever the hell they want back there, and they're going to produce, so... If you need a, a quick flex play, I'm sure Hasty's available on the wire. Plug him in. Brandon Cooks, one of my other sleepers for this week. He had a very strong stat line. As we've seen the last couple seasons, not very consistent at keeping those stat lines. But um, I think he could do it this week, especially if the Texans fall behind early. Look for Terod Taylor to throw some bombs out to, uh, to Brandon Cooks. And Jared Cook, yeah. singular, yeah. Cook. He could have a very big game against the Dallas Cowboys. We saw Gronkowski and Cameron Bray and O.J. Howard and all those tight ends over at the Buccaneers sort of feast on their defense last week. Look for the Chargers to try and exploit that again. And, and Jared Cook actually got eight targets last week. Yeah. So, yep. you know, he could put up some numbers. Yeah, it's a fail-safe there. I like that pick for the yeah. sleeper. Definitely. Uh, my sleepers at quarterback, I'm going Mac Jones. Hell yeah. I think they unleashed the kid on New York <laughs> this week. Um, whether they're up two touchdowns, I think they still sling touchdowns. Just Bill to, Belichick runs it up. Yeah, just to, one, because it's the New York Jets, and two, because they're trying to figure out or get Mac Jones comfortable. Mac Jones is a sleeper for me this week. Our running back, Jamal Williams, I've already talked about him a little bit. He's going to start. He's going to get – I think he gets majority of the carries this weekend. Lion's Last week, share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. last week he got uh, like 40% or whatever maybe. I think he gets the majority this week. He was more productive with less carries. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jarvis Landry, sleeper at the wide receiver position. You already talked about that with OBJ being out. Mm -hmm. And then uh, at the tight end, I'm going Tyler Higby. The only reason, I'm, the only way I would not start Tyler Higby this weekend is if I had Travis Kelsey or if I had Darren Waller. You if start you, him over Kittle? I think so, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. I like the Higby pick. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. I think uh, the Rams, I mean, Stafford is better at distributing the ball than Goff was, and that's really what limited the production for tight ends with the Rams. And now that Gerald Everett's gone, he's with Seattle. He's the guy. He's the guy. I love that pick. Yeah. So let's play some odds. Let's play some odds. Let's do it. My so, favorite part. <laughs> so if you've seen – our post from earlier this week, you know that I picked the Cowboys plus three against the Chargers. I think they're going to take that game. They've got a strong offense that's going to put up points against that Chargers defense. you got to look at Tennessee plus five and a half. I mean, that's almost a full touchdown of difference between them and the Seahawks. I think they cover that with ease. And the Cleveland Browns are going to run away with this thing. Think First half of the Chiefs-Browns game, they were up 12 points minus the comeback. So Texans don't score, Browns continue. If that's a 29-10 to finish, you got your 19 points and they cover. Who are your picks for this week? I got to throw this out real quick. Okay. I had a shitty week one. Yeah. I was 1-3 on my picks, 1-2 on my sleepers, 0-1 on my parlay. Yeah. That's just a disclaimer. <laughs> you can take my shit and leave it, or you can take my shit and go bet the house on it. It's like pick them or fade them. Yeah, I mean, okay, let's look at last week or last year. I was probably, I think I was just under 50%, just under 500. Yeah. Which in the gambling world is pretty, pretty good. Can't argue that. You know. So I'm coming I think back. you were just over 500. Okay. Yeah. Well, even better. Go back to the data. We'll find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of data there. A lot, a lot of data. A lot more data this year. I'm coming year. back week two. I'm coming back fucking strong. Scrum. Yeah, baby. Strong. Strong. Taking the Rams minus four at Indianapolis. They win by mm-hmm. double digits. Mm-hmm. Taking Detroit plus 11 at mm. Green Bay. Yes. Grinders. Okay. I took them plus nine last week. They hit that. They covered. They covered. They did. Uh, Arizona minus four and a half against Minneapolis. They easily covered that. I, like I think that. they wrecked Minneapolis. Yep, I like that. My lock. My lock of the week. You guys saw this, or you're going to see it, or maybe you saw it today <laughs> on, the, uh, on, the, on the picture from CS Designs yep, from Corey. Absolutely. New Orleans at Carolina. I'm taking the over at 44. If Jameis Winston puts on a show, he might hit 44 by himself. <laughs> but I could see this going 27-20. That, 27, that's enough. 23. That's an over. 30 to 20. Yeah. That's, that's an enough. over. So yeah. I'm on the opposite. I know people say it. Life's too short for it. I'm taking the under in a Bill Belichick coach games. More than 50% of the time, the under hits in those games. Oh, really? Is that that's a that's, that's a, a fact? That's a fact. That's a fact. He loves it. You heard it here. That's just 40, <laughs> man. That's a because fact. his defense is so strong, it holds the other team. Scrong. The line scrong. The line could be 52. Yeah. They put up 40. The other team puts up 10. 10 That's yeah. an under. Yeah. This line's at 42. That's low, it's especially too. low. Yeah. But these two teams scored under 20 last week two against quarterbacks. Against worst defense and rookie quarterbacks. Where's that game at? New York? Yeah. It is in yeah. New York. Yeah. Okay. I'm taking the under 42. Lock it in. Lock it in. That's my lock. You heard it here first. Sleepers. Some bets that you don't want to shy away from. So, hold on, hold on, Dan. Dan was 3-0 and last week on his sleepers. That's true. That's a big damn deal. That's true. That's a big deal. 3-0 and on the sleepers, 2-1 two and, two and one on the picks. Yeah, that's a big deal. 
missed my parlay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> we, hey, you make more money betting straight up than betting parlays, okay? Baltimore plus three and a half. Baltimore is not going to win this game. But don't be surprised if the Chiefs win by a field goal. The Chiefs are notorious for not covering. They are. Okay. I played it last year or two years ago. Yeah. And Chiefs? Not like really played it. Okay, but like, so it like here's the disclaimer. This is why it's a sleeper. The Chiefs covered last year against Baltimore. Okay. Because the Chiefs were underdogs. Oh, yeah, it was like plus two. Plus two. Yeah. So they covered in the one game they were underdogs the whole year. So, Chiefs are favorites by three and a half in Baltimore. I would expect a field goal win. Baltimore covers. That's a sleeper. Okay. Don't sleep on it. Don't sleep on that. Jets plus six. In a low-scoring affair game where I have the lock under 42, it's going to be less than a touchdown of a gap. I could see him scoring three points. The Jets. Maybe six, yes. Okay. It's a sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fucking sleep on it. Now, <laughs> this, last, this last one is Atlanta taking their trip to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not sleeping on this under at 52. Dude, you're the under... You're the underdog. I'm the under king. You're the under king. <laughs> what so, happened to you? I know. I'm a changed man. New year, new me. <laughs> oh, you're 3-0 last week, so. Here's the thing. Atlanta scored six points. Tampa scored 30 last week. 30-plus. 30 That's under. They're, the Falcons are playing a tougher defense against Tampa. Yeah. Okay. There's a chance they don't score at all. I, I, I find it difficult myself to base my predictions off of week one because there's just so much clusterfuck going on. You it's don't, true. And teams are just but haven't figured it out. How much more footage and how much more of a footing can you get you don't have anything on one else. game of footage? You don't have anything else. That's all right. you have. That's, right. why, that's why week two, week three sucks. Now the, next, now the next time the Falcons play the Bucks because they'll play them twice, right? I'll probably take the over. Dude, I don't even... T- I don't even... If something... If there's a spread or something that says ATL, I don't even look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the Falcons. They have, they have fucked me a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> Who okay. are your sleepers? Sleepers. Last week, one and two. I'm bouncing back this week. You That's heard it right, right, baby. Here. Minnesota, plus 160 to win that football game. Tennessee, plus 220. Dallas, plus 155. Dallas could win this game. They could. I don't they know will. Why. Oh, they man. will. That should be like a heads-up game. It should be a pick 'em. I, I, I think so. If, I think so, if, yeah. I if think the Chargers PK. Washington was a pick 'em, this one needs to be a pick 'em. I agreed. Yeah. Uh, and then I got Cincinnati plus one twenty, which I'm already picking them anyways, but they're mm. the underdogs, so jump on it. Mm. Jump on it. Spice. Jump on it. Yeah. Love it. Uh the only one I don't feel too great about is one sixty Minneapolis. Or uh, uh, Minnesota, mm-hmm. Minneapolis. Just because we love the Cardinals here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Big like, I'm Cardinals kind of guy. a Cardinals fan I right know, now. me too. I know. I think it's the red. I think it's Kyler Murray. <laughs> I think, I don't know. For me, it's got to be the red. I'm attracted to the red. Yeah. Love the red. Yeah. But, and uh, I like Kyler Murray and D-Hop. Tennessee plus 220. I mean, that, that, that's a good football team in Seattle. They are a good football team. That could team. be a good football game, and they could come out. How? I mean... Looking at that, 
you've got 50 bucks to throw. Yeah. How do you not pick a game with great odds for a team that made the playoffs last year? Right. <clears throat> yeah, and didn't and only got better. Yeah. Personally. Agreed. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm moving into my parlay, Dan, which I was 0-1 last week. I'm going 1-0 this week. Okay, let's get it. Cleveland-Houston over is at 48. I'm taking the over. Buffalo-Miami okay. under, or the over-under is at 48. I'm taking the under on that. Okay. Rams-Indy is set at 48. Once again, they're all at 48. I'm taking the over. Ooh, baby. Let's go 48 lines. Let's go. <laughs> For my parlay of the week, what? 0-1 last week. We're coming back this week. I had to throw two of my locks in just to show you how fucking big balls I feel about this. <laughs> so, pull my balls out, and I'm taking Chiefs money line, of course. We got to throw my boys in there. The under is hitting in this Jets-Patriots game. Taking the under. I'm taking Dallas plus three because I know they're going to fucking win. Matter yeah. of fact, scratch it. Give them the money line. Give them the money I'm line. I'm money lining What's this that thing. What's money line? What's that? Plus 155. Plus 155. Give that me makes, the money line. That, that juices my parlay up. Yeah, it makes it even sweeter. That juices my parlay up, so I'm taking that. Man, what's your just a hunch? Before we wrap this up, this is our favorite fucking segment to go into because we, we can feature people on the show, talk about your hunch, and we get to just for no reason at all, tell you what we think is going to happen. Yeah, some random We don't shit. need a fact to yeah, back it up. I mean, I could say Bill Murray is going to win the, the PGA Tour this year or something right. crazy. Right, that's your hunch. But I'm not. If you Tyler disagree, Murray's then fuck you. going to further separate himself as the MVP frontrunner in week two. Ooh. 75% completion, 100-plus all-purpose yards, three-plus three touchdowns and a win against Minnesota. Tell them. That's what I'm going with. That's you don't even hunch. you don't even need to back it up. I don't need to. Here's my just a hunch. You ready? Yeah, bring it. Derrick Henry is going to lead the league in rushing after week two. He's going to go off for 150 plus on Seattle's defense and leads the whole league. After two the, touchdowns. Two tutties. I can That's see my three. just a hunch. You can see three. I can see three. Fuck it. He's probably pissed. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. They're and gonna, if, dude. Okay, so here's a, a a hunch off of your hunch. Okay. If he goes for three plus touchdowns, they win that game. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is tying back to uh, just a hunch I got from our boy Mikey Her, friend of the show. Let's hear it. Shout out my boy Mike. Mike. <clears throat> he said this is verbatim. Titans bounce back against the Seahawks. Play action is key. Take them on the money line. Titans win the game. Once again, the money line is at plus 220. Oh, yeah. You know Mikey's putting nuts on that one. Drop it. That's a good money or That's a good just a hunch. I love it. I like that. Uh, we need more of those. I need more. We need more of those. Give us a hashtag just a hunch. That's all we got for you today. Enjoy your Saturday. Enjoy your NFL Sunday. We'll see you next week for week three. Well, I won't see you. I'll be out in Arizona living it up in the desert. My boy Trey. He'll see you for week three. Yep. We're going to have a special guest next week. I don't know who it is, but we're bringing somebody on. Somebody's coming. So uh, from now on, I think uh, what Dan and I are going to do, we're going to call some people out until we get there just a hunch. Um, so this is your notice right here, Luke Hudson, Brock McCullough, Caleb Stratton. Mm-hmm. You've been put on blast. Shoot your just a hunch over to us. Let's get it. Yes, sir. And I've got another one, too. Actually, my boy Austin Shockley needed just a hunch out of you as well. And Chris Broy. Let's get some more Just the Hunches. Let's get it. Come Let's, on now. That's all we got, baby. Let's get hyped.